Hello there, this is the Psychology Report, and again, I'd like to welcome you. Good to have you with me. You are joining about 3,600 other people that have listened to the program from time to time, uh, regularly, and uh, just always good to have new people joining us, and people who regularly pick up the podcast and listen to the various you know, programs. Today's topic, prayer prayer. You know, today in my office, I was counseling a um, young gentleman, and he says, you know, I've kissed off God. He says, I've prayed for a house, I've prayed for a car, I've prayed for a girlfriend, I've prayed for a wife, I've prayed for a family, I have none of that. I've kissed off God. You know, I'm not sure that's prayer, and that led to a great deal of discussion regarding his life and his desires and the way he approaches life and the way he approaches things that he has and doesn't have. And certainly, we talked about his approach to religion and what role that has played in his life in the past. It was very enlightening. But he brought to my attention the issue of prayer from the point of view, really, what is it? You know, really, what is prayer? You know, over the years, you can go back and you can read and you can study and you can say and you can recite great prayers of history. I mean, obviously the Lord's Prayer is one of the most profound and strongest prayers that has ever been uttered. And then you have prayers of the presidents that have uttered themselves at deep distress and deep turmoil and decision making and they've turned to prayer. Lincoln and Washington and on down the line of men who have prayed. We have the inaugural prayers, those that have come to the inaugural of a president and uttered a prayer. And sometimes it's two or three prayers that have been set forth. We just came from that, oh, about four or five months ago, and we had an inaugural. And um, here we are now living out the prayers that were uttered at that particular point in time to our nation. Prayers are easy to give, but do we really understand them? Do we really know what a prayer is? Let me just define it this way and put it into context. I think that prayer is not something that we ask God to give us, or that we want Him to grant something to us, or we want Him to do something um, that we personally desire. Rather, prayer is aligning our thoughts, my thoughts, with the thoughts of God. Aligning my desires with God's desires for me. Aligning my thoughts and my hopes and my wishes with God's wishes and hopes and desires. That my mindset and God's mindset may come together and be one. So it isn't a matter of a wish list. It's a matter of a wish that comes in sync with God's wish, if you will. You can put it that way. Or whatever is important to God, it becomes important to me. And that I align myself with God's ways and God's thinking and God's plan for my life. That there be unity, that there be a joint effort, that there be a coming together. A meeting of the minds, 
you know, so to speak. That's what prayer really is, to bring us to the mind of God. Now, of all the prayers that have been uttered, and I think of St. Francis of Assisi, you know, the, that we live in peace. Tremendous prayer, powerful prayer, a wonderful prayer that has been uttered hundreds of years ago and still comes forth as one of the strong prayers of our nation and of our country and of, of, of people anywhere and everywhere. But there's another prayer that's quite simple, quite profound. It's short, brief, but has a deep, intense understanding and emotion with it and brings our mind to where we really need to be in sync with God. Here I'm talking about the what we call the serenity prayer. Now, most of you know the serenity prayer, and you identify it with addiction. Very common to have the serenity prayer said aloud in unison in various addiction meetings, like AA meetings or NA meetings or Overeaters Anonymous and so on, various forms of addiction. Because in a lot of ways, we are powerless over our addictions. Our addictions are much more powerful than we are. And we're powerless over them. So the serenity prayer recognizes that and brings us to the point where we come to the level where we come to God's name and God's purpose and God's place and God's will for our life. So I'm going to just kind of walk through the serenity prayer for a minute and just introduce you to it. Now, you, you know what it is. You've heard it. You've said it. But have you really studied it? Have you really thought it through? Have you really understood what the, perenity, what the serenity prayer really is. Okay, here it is. God. God. That's how it starts. God. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. The courage to change the things I can. And the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Now, take a look at that prayer for a minute. It recognizes the highest of high powers that ever has existed and does exist in this world today. God. The highest of high powers in our life, in our universe, in our world of experience. God. Starts there. You gotta start when you pray, you gotta start with God. You don't pray with what you want or what you don't want or what somebody else needs or whatever it might be. You don't start with that. You start with the one word, God. Now, from that it goes on to say this. God, grant me the serenity. Grant me the peace. Grant me the tranquility. Grant me the calmness to accept the things I can't change. You know, there's a lot of things in this world we would like to change. Every single day I sit in my office and I counsel couples and I counsel families and I counsel individuals, children and adolescents and young adults and older people. Every day I sit there. And I just know what this means, that I have to accept something that I cannot change. I wish I could change people. I wish I could change marriages. I wish I could change the way people relate. I wish I could just change the way people think, the way people respond, the way people feel. Way people, I, I wish I could just take people and kind of squeeze them in such a way that they'd be different, but that they could be more empathetic and more understanding and more communicative and 
just more open and more willing to meet halfway and to uh, compromise and to be part of a relationship and to have unity in a relationship. I wish I could just make that happen. But you know, I can't. The potential is there. I see it. I know that it's there. Because that's what counseling is all about, is to bring out the good, to bring out the best, to bring out the potential that people have for good and for the good of a relationship, and for the strength of a relationship. And I wish I could just bring it out by virtue of like a magic wand, so to speak, or by saying certain words or expressing certain thoughts or giving certain pieces of advice or guidance to people. I wish that we could just change the way people live and the way people are. But you know I can't. I have to go to the first verse, the first phrase of the serenity prayer. God, grant me the peace. Grant me the serenity. Grant me the calmness to accept in these people that sit before me the things I cannot change. You know, that's where it starts. That's where it starts. Kind of sense of, there's kind of a sense of failure there. There's a sense of frustration. There's a sense of helplessness, if you will. And that's kind of where life is for a lot of people. We start out with that idea that we have these great hopes, we have these great desires, we have these great plans, we have these great goals. But you know, we can't make some things happen. Some things are just not going to take place. Some things are just not going to happen. Some things are not going to change. Some people are not going to change. They're just not. So, what do we have? We have the prayer that says, God grant me the peace to accept the things I cannot change. In other words, resign yourself to the fact that there are some things you just cannot change. You can do as much as you can. You bring about change as much as you can. But you have to realize that there's a residual, that there's a certain portion, there's a certain part of everybody's life and every situation that you're in that you are powerless over and you can't change it. Same with addiction. Alcohol addiction, drug addiction, gambling addiction, overeating addiction, shopping addiction, you know, whatever it might be. You know, we can change a lot of it. We can change parts of it. We can change a tremendous amount of those kind of addictions. But there are parts of it. There's aspects of it that we just cannot change. Because it's the nature of what it is. So we have to have the peace. We have to have the serenity to accept what we cannot change. Okay, that's point number one. God, the prayer goes on to say this, God, grant me the courage to change the things I can. Now there's where hope comes in. To have that courage to move forward and to change what can be changed. To realize what it is. To know what can be changed and to work on that. To not work on what can't be changed, but to work on what can be changed. So you go from a helplessness to a helpfulness. Go from a helplessness to a hopefulness, you see. Work on where there is hope. Work on where there is potential. Work on where there is the opportunity for growth and for new life and for new opportunity and for new strength and for new wisdom and for new perspective and for new behavior patterns to come forth. New learning, you know, to come forth. God, grant me the courage to change, the courage to move forward 
and change the things that I cannot, that, that I can, that I can change. You see, we look at what we can do. We can look at what we can accomplish. But we can be timid and back off and not try. But this says, God grant me the courage to try to do it. To work hard to change the things that I can. And move beyond the things that I can't. Just put those aside. Park them, if you will. Get a big parking lot. And all the stuff that you can't change, park them. Park them for some other time in life. Maybe you can change them later, at another time, in another way, in another opportunity. Those things you can't change, put them aside. Park them in a parking lot. And work on the things that you can change and have the courage to do so. Okay, point number three. God grant me the wisdom to know the difference. God grant me the wisdom to know the difference between what I can change and what I can't change. I need that kind of wisdom. I need that understanding. I need that perspective so that I can have understanding of the difference between the power that I have to change things and the powerlessness that I have in some areas of my life that I can't change. There are some things just more powerful than me, sharper than me, smarter than me, bigger than me, stronger than me, or whatever it might be. There are things I cannot change, but the things I can. So know the difference. And focus on what you can change. Focus on what you can do. Focus on where you can be successful. Focus on where you can be achiever. Focus on where you can be sober. Focus on where you can be an achiever in life and your goals can be achieved. Maybe short-term goals. Maybe goal A or B, but not C or D. Okay? Maybe the strength that you have to approach some kind of problems to solve them will work, but the problems that you have in other areas of your life, you may not be able to work them out right now. Maybe later. Maybe another time. Put them aside. Park them. So that later you can deal with them. So it's the things that I can change and the things that I cannot change, but that wisdom to know the difference. And don't spin your wheels. Don't get frustrated. Don't get mad. Don't waste your time. Don't waste all your energy. But put yourself in a situation where you focus on what you can change and that God will grant you the strength, the wisdom, and the power, and the insight, and the understanding, and the stamina, and the determination to proceed so that that area of your life comes under change, comes under control, comes under God's control. That's what the wisdom is all about. Not just the what we want, but it's what God wants. It's not what you want to change, it's what God wants to change. That's why some things don't change. It's not, God's not, it's not part of God's plan. You change what you can, but ask God's power, God's strength. And then, obviously, the wisdom to know where to spend your time, where to spend your energy, where to focus your attention, and where to work so that you have a sense of success and accomplishment, but that whatever change takes place, God gets the glory for that. God gets the praise for that. God gets the honor for that. God gets the credit for that, you say? Because he's let you make that distinction. He's helped you make that distinction between what you can't change and what you can change. So put your life in God's hands. Just put your life in God's hands and turn your life over into this kind of serenity prayer. So here's what it all says, okay? God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. 
God grant me the courage to change the things I can. And God grant me the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Hey, good to have you with me today. And um, hope this is a little encouraging to you and hopeful. Um, a little different kind of a topic than what we usually do. But it's very much part of the psychology of living, psychology of addiction, psychology of frustration, the psychology of anger, the psychology of, 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 of the loss of peace and the loss of hope that many of us have in our life. When we're feeling helpless, we're feeling depressed, we're feeling discouraged, we're feeling anxious and not at peace, not at calm, not a sense of calm. Bring that serenity prayer out and remind yourself of it. Bring out this podcast and remind yourself of it. Okay? Well, go to my website, booksbyhedberg.com. There's some books in there that would be good to you to get right now because it's Mother's Day and Father's Day is coming and graduation is coming. Lessons from my father. Go on the website and pick it up. I recommend the book, Lessons from My Father. You'll find it encouraging. You know that? Now, this coming Saturday, 10 o'clock in the morning in Pacific Standard Time, 10 o'clock in the morning Saturday, is my next television program entitled Doctor Teach Me to Parent. So pick it up. It's 10 o'clock. It's for one hour. And we've got some great topics this coming Saturday on parenting. And we're going to look at the DNA of a family. What is the DNA of a family? So join me. 10 o'clock in the morning. Go to centralvalleytalk.com. CentralValleyTalk.com on your computer, on your internet, and listen in. Pour up some coffee and get ready for a good show. I'll see you on Saturday, okay? okay bye for now.